Growing the Game with Ballsy is a podcast dedicated to growing the game of football in Saskatchewan. Each week, Michael Ball will talk with rider guests, but he'll also highlight amateur athletes, coaches, and builders in this province growing the game we love. Now, here's Ballsy. Hey, thanks for your continued support of this football podcast. I am your host, Ballsy, and I'd like to recognize one of my title sponsors right now. That would be Advantage Collision in Saskatoon and Prince Albert, and my good buddy Ben Garrow, huge rider fan, huge supporter of football in the province. Advantage Collision, Saskatoon and PA, your SGI-accredited auto body repair shop. They're a family-owned and certified collision care OEM-approved auto body shop. They provide comprehensive service as part of a worldwide network of best in-class collision repair shops. They're customer service team can manage the entire process on your behalf to ensure everything you need is taken care of and their high performing technically advanced team of auto body experts knows how to deliver exceptional workmanship and service in the shortest time possible choose advantage collision in saskatoon and pa because they care about your safety our first quarter is brought to you by face first medical aesthetics above gabos on duty avenue in the heart of regina in just over a year christina has become the go-to person in the aesthetics business beat back father time in a naturally looking way book at facefirstmedicalaesthetics.janeapp Com. The SAS Selects football program is back after a long hiatus, and they're displaying their talents south of the 49th. Let's catch up with the organizer, Zelko Stefanovic. It's been a long winter, man, but I can't believe, like, after a two-year hiatus and, and all the stuff we've had to endure over the last two years, we're finally ready to roll, man. So back Head down to San back, Antonio, Texas. Back down to San Antonio, Texas. How many teams you taken, and what are the age groups? So, man, like, this this is crazy this year because uh, we... we, we uh, there's a program, a select program started in Alberta. So we're, we're, there's two teams going from Alberta, a 14U and a varsity team. And then we've got six teams coming from Saskatchewan. So, you know, all, from 10U all the way to varsity uh, from Saskatchewan. So there's going to be a huge, uh, a huge segment down in, in San Antonio from Canada, like eight teams. I think there's like over 300 kids going. The lady who's doing the flooring in my home uh, said she's taken her young nine-year-old kid uh, down his first opportunity to play football down there. She's pretty excited. The family's pretty excited. You know, what do you see from those young kids? It's a cool experience all the way around. Well, I tell you, man, like that, that, that 10U program, which is, you know, nine and 10-year-olds or whatever, and, and some 11-year-olds, like that's kind of our flagship, uh, you know, because those kids, at least when we started our 10U, like those kids now that we're at, the first kids in our 10U program are now the, man, they're the superstars. Like, those are the kids that are being recruited from everywhere now, man. Like, those are our 14- and 15-year-olds. And as you know, I mean, we went to Vegas and kicked ass in Vegas. Uh, like, this last two weekends ago, we had a tournament here with Alberta and Manitoba. We kicked ass there. I mean, I mean, these kids are crazy good now, man. And, you know, like, those are all the U16 boys, right, that, just annihilated the North uh, a couple of years ago, right? So, or last summer. No, so I, those kids are, those kids are good, man. I love your attitude. You always have a. I could tell through the phone here. You got a smile on your face. You're loving it. What do you love most about ear to it? Ear, man. What do you love most about it? Because uh, you're not. Uh, these aren't your kids per se, but they kind of are your kids. Uh, it's it's just been an absolute blessing for us to be able to be part of this. Because you know, this is our tenth anniversary, right? So, uh, like we've been. We've been we've seen kids come through this program, and as you know, not only playing in Division One schools, but playing all over Canada at different different universities and different junior programs. I mean, that's what 
that's what's crazy about it. You know, when I now I'm getting calls from the coaches, you know, from juniors and 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 universities and saying, "Hey, can I come watch you practice?" or can I can I jump on a Zoom call and 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 talk about our university, you know? And I get college coaches calling me from the U.S. What you got, coach? And that's what it's all about. Like that, you know. I mean, I can't believe that it's actually grown into that. And it all started from those 36 kids we took in 2011 to to San Antonio, right? Yeah, well, kid got our asses handed to us. <laughs> well, I can speak from experience. Now, my son uh, practiced with you guys, never did play with a traveling team, but you were instrumental in getting him down to the U.S. We've talked about that before. I had a parent reach out to me, and I've got to touch base with him because he wanted to know, you know, what I did and how, how it worked for me getting my son down to the United States. And you were, you were a big part of that, Zelko. I guess my question is, are you looking to do that again when we come out on the other side of this COVID thing? Because I thought that was pretty cool that you, you got those kids' exposure. It's one thing to do what you're doing with these tournaments. It's one thing for parents to send tapes to the States. But those schools got to get their eyeballs on the kids. Well, 100%. And absolutely, we're going to be like, we haven't been able to do it the last couple of years because of the travel restrictions, right? Now now it's wide open. So, yeah, man, like, we're, you know, full steam ahead. I think we're going to have 25 or 30 kids going this year, um, you know, just to get exposure. And you know what it, you know what it is, right? Like, you can send film to your blue in the face, but, you know, when, until the coaches actually see the kids and, you know, can actually do the eyeball test themselves, you know, there's, it's all for naught. Like unless you run a four two forty, right? So, yeah. um, you know the kids. The kids need to get in front of coaches, and you know that's that's what we're all about, right? Like that's kind of the next step, the progression to our program, right? Like, you know, from from like I said, it's a long term athletic development based in football, right? And that's all we do. We don't do you know we don't practice any other sports. <laughs> we practice football, man. From it's wall to wall football here all weekend, man. You know that's. That's that's what this program's all about. It's a great slogan. Wall-to-wall football with our buddy Zelko. Thanks for this, man. All right, brother. Take care. Well, 9% of North Americans want the Olympics to allow steroids, and once the IOC grants that request, they can move on to other things people want to see at the Olympics, like Alec Baldwin added to the biathlon. Goodbye medals. Hello, gold, silver, and bronze. Truck nuts, pairs of ice dancers who just want to go out there and screw. Another thing people want to see at the Olympics besides steroid use. The Olympic torch lit by a redneck with a flamethrower. A fancier version of the monobob called the Mono Robert. And the top other thing people want to see at the Olympics besides steroid use. The parade of nations reduced to just athletes we care about. So, (laughs) Canadians and Russians on drugs. Our second quarter of Growing the Game with Ballsy is brought to you by Hammer Time Roofing. Thanks to Kevin Welsh of Hammer Time for getting on board with this podcast once again. Dude is a great community guy who's spoken with his wallet over the years, supporting his Rough Riders both in Saskatchewan and in other parts of Canada, trying to attract more fans for the league as he took his employees to many games. And I love how this guy stands up for what he believes in, and he'll stand up for you when working for you too. Hammer Time Roofing is Saskatoon's only certified roofing business. They specialize in GAF, CertainTeed, and Malarkey roofing products and offer a manufacturer's warranty. Give Hammer Time a call at 262-ROOF. I wore my sweet Hammer Time Roofing hat under that hot Dubai sun this past January, and the people were like, that's a cool hat. I was like, I know. 
from a cool dude, Kevin Welsh at Hammer Time Roofing. Coming up for the regional and national combines ahead of the CFL draft this spring from the Rams, Ryder Varga, Riley Borsma, Tanner Smith, Garth Nittig, Brandon Gandier, Kyler Mosley, Zach Moore, McGuire Abel, and Joel Braden have received invitations. And from the Huskies, it's Nathan Cherry, Riley Pickett, Adam Mackert, Mason Nyes, David Soley, and my next guest, Noah Zur. They got invitations as well. Zur is garnering a lot of attention. Last time I talked to you, Noah, we were talking about uh, the uh, the YouTube Top 50 show that I do, and I'm bringing back again next year, and you will figure prominently in it. How has the Noah Zur I'm talking to now, the guy getting ready for the combine, the guy who's highly touted in the upcoming CFL draft, how is he different than from the guy I talked to about this time last year? Um, I honestly, uh, that's a good question, Baldi. Uh, I guess, to me, there there is no real difference. Um I think when we had talked this time last year, I was still the same guy. I was still working hard, working around the clock to uh, better my game and, and better my talent. And I think I did that pretty successfully this season and pretty successfully the off season between this, this last year and this year. Mm-hmm. And uh, to me, it's just, it's an accumulation of the work that I've put in throughout my career and, and the uh, things that a lot of my teammates have helped me to do. Noah, did you always work hard, or did a light kind of go off that I got to do this to go to the next level? Um, I've always been a pretty hardworking guy. You know, uh, back home, we didn't really have a football team, so I had to go to Yorkton. I think we've talked about this story before, but mm-hmm. I built it in Yorkton throughout high school because I wanted to play football, right? Mm-hmm. And, uh, throughout high school, I had done a lot of morning workouts with coaches and and even my dad, my dad helped me um, kind of get ready for that university level football because he had played there before, uh, played the Huskies before I did back in the 80s. And, and I've just had a lot of people help me along the way, but I've never been one that's hard to motivate, I would say. Uh, I love working hard, and all I ever really need is someone to show me the way. And once we get that kind of all settled, it's... Uh, it's just me putting my uh, my nose to the grindstone and working as hard as I can, which is something I love doing. So, Noah, how did you get better? You talked about getting better, but be specific for me. How did you get better this year? That's where I was kind of going with this. How is this version of Noah Zer better than the one I talked to a year ago? I, I always knew you were a good hard worker and a good kid and, and a good person. I wouldn't think that would change. Uh, and hopefully, uh, you know, you're polishing up your interview skills because you got to do that for the, for the interview process of this thing coming up here for the draft. But how have you gotten better as a football player yeah no to uh i guess to circle back to that question um i think i just hadn't at that point when we talked last year i just hadn't been able to show my stuff to the amount that i have this year um i think i've always been working hard i've always tried been trying to get better but uh that covid season just really limited the amount of exposure everybody was able to get so i think i was ready when we talked last but i do think that this this year has been new for me in that I've been able to face some really good competition and show my my uh, my talent on a national level. You know, the Huskies had a really great year. We went to the Vanier, and I got some really good um, really good exposure in front of a lot of good coaches, a lot of good players against a lot of good players, um, and that was really that was really special for me. But I think the biggest thing for my improvement was approaching everything I do like a professional. You know, if if you want to be a professional, you have to act like a professional. So. I think for the last couple of years um, through this process and through talking with guys like you and 
through working with coaches like Scott Flory and Lane Brixa, um, I've just begin, I began to approach everything like a professional would. Um, it was always my dream to play in the CFL. So every workout, I tried to do it as though I was already in the pros. Every interview I took, I tried to speak as eloquently as a professional athlete would. Um, every little skill development time that I kind of set aside for myself, I approached like a professional athlete would. You know, it's it's always been my dream to play in the CFL, but you have to work like a pro to be a pro. And I think that's something that me and my parents have always sworn by. So just working really hard and working really smart and getting a lot of good leadership from guys like Patrick Newfeld and Evan Johnson, guys that have kind of walked this path before me, Matlin Riley to be one, Connor Bergeloff. I've had a lot of professional talent around me in my career. So it's been a very easy transition for me um, to work like these guys have and work like these guys are and just kind of follow the lead of a lot of great leaders and a lot of great players that have come through our, uh, our Husky football program. National run, Noah Zer. You played really good against a very good defensive line in the Western Mustangs. Uh, I, don't, I don't think you gave up a quarterback sack uh, in that game or even a pressure that I could see. But just grade your, uh, your play through the playoffs because I thought that was a really big step for you. And what was it like for your game to go against some different competition? Mm-hmm. Well, it's the old adage you have to, you got to beat the best to be the best. You know, and I think um, me and my own line coach were talking about it. And I think it was the Hardy Cup semi, the Hardy Cup. Um, no, excuse me, sorry. It was the Hardy Cup, the UTech Bowl, and the Banyan. We had faced back-to-back-to-back um, Metris nominees, mm-hmm. right? So in Brock Allenlock in the Hardy Cup, um, Cardinal in the UTech Bowl, and then again, Deontay Knight, who ended up winning the Metris in the Vanier. So um, I think every week during that playoff run, we were just really excited to play some really good defensive lines. You know, I think with our Husky offensive line, we had a lot of veteran leadership. And um, I was just lucky enough to be one of those guys. And we were ready for war every single week. You know, um, we really want to play those, those talented teams and those well-run organizations. And we really want to to show our stuff against some of the best defensive line units in the country. Okay, so I'm going to take you through some interview questions. Let's prep you here, okay? Let's do a little prep work here, okay? See if you can do this. Let's say in a minute or less, describe Noah Zur to me. Go ahead, describe Noah Zur, the the person to me. Um, I would say um, hardworking farm boy, uh, honest to a fault. Um, I have my set of core values that I won't break for anybody but I will work around the clock to make sure that um, whatever organization I land in and wherever place I'm in, I'm always doing the best and trying to make the biggest impact I can there. Nozer, define success on your own terms. How do you define success? Um, Well, I think success for me is um, constantly helping my team win. And personal success is just helping be a leader within my team. You know, it's it's less about the accolades and more about the journey, I think. So being someone that I can, that the people around me can count on, someone that people see as honest and trustworthy, and, and someone that people see as working really freaking hard. Mm-hmm. And I think that's enough, enough success for me. If you knew that your coach was wrong, how do you go about telling your coach that they're wrong? Something like that is something you have to approach carefully. 
Um, I don't necessarily think my coaches are wrong very often. They're put in their positions because of who they are. But that being said, if I ever thought or ever disagreed with a coach, I would wait till a private moment and approach him by myself and see what his thoughts were and see if we can't come to a mutual understanding and maybe a compromise. But, I mean, he's the coach and I'm the player, and it's not my place to uh, decide what's right and wrong. So I have to eventually just follow his lead and trust him. Let's have some fun here. What's your most unusual talent? My most unusual talent? Um, I would say I, I, I can carry a tune pretty well. I come from a pretty musical family. Mm-hmm. My dad grew up doing a barbershop quartet, and my brother is a pretty amazing singer, and so are both my sisters. So uh, I can I can carry a tune surprisingly well, but other than that, I don't know if I have many hidden talents. C- uh, country or rock or what kind of genre? Um, I probably sing country the best, but I listen to just about anything. What's your guilt? Do you have a guilty pleasure song? One that you kind of don't want to admit you listen to? Um, not overly. I kind of listen to everything. I again, I just I'm an honest guy. I'll never mm-hmm. never shy away from anything if I'm listen to some Katy Perry and somebody catches me, then I'm listening to some Katy Perry. (laughs) (laughs) Honest to a fault. Hey, what's the dumbest way you've injured yourself? The dumbest way I've injured myself. Um, I think I got one time me and my dad were building a deck and I just about put a screwdriver through my hand. Oh, Um, that's probably pretty dumb, but are you a handyman? (laughs) Are you a handyman? Yeah. I grew up on a farm. I would, I'd like to think that I'm pretty handy. Um, learned a lot of good skills from my dad. Know how to put, know how to put a few things together here and there. Change my own, my own oil. Work on a tractor. Yeah, you know. Are you like Are you like your, are your you, farm basics? Yeah, are you like Rip from Yellowstone, or are you more like Kevin Costner? Um, I, that's a that's a great question. I don't know. I'm probably more like, um, more like Kevin Costner. Okay. I don't know. My dad. My dad's the Kevin Costner. He's the he's the head man in charge. I'm just the guy running around after him. Okay. Making sure he doesn't work too hard. You're not Jimmy though, right? You're not that awkward Jimmy guy that really wasn't a cowboy. No, I'd like to think I'm not, but maybe other people might have different opinions. Who knows? Okay. Here's a good question. My son asked me. I'll wrap up with this. You got you got to choose. You could take two hundred fifty thousand dollars right now, or you get to flip a coin and have a 50-50 chance to win $5 million. Do you flip the coin, or do you take the sure $250,000? Ooh. Mm. That's a hard one. Um, That's why I asked it. Yeah. My first my first instinct, um, just off the top of my head, would be probably just to take the $250,000. I'm not a, I don't like taking horribly risky chances. Mm-hmm. And I think if you do spend your money wisely and put it into the right things, you can turn two hundred fifty thousand into five million faster than you can. But that is um, that is exactly true. what I expected you to say, being the farmer you are, the farming background, because that's what I would expect your dad probably would uh, would teach you. I think it. I think it's based on how old you are. Like part of me would have expected you to just roll the dice and flip it because you've got a whole life to lead, and five million can help you down the line. Two fifty can too. But if you're me, you're older, nearing your fifties. Two fifty is more. I, I guess uh, it's better because you got less of a runway, right? I got less of a runway in my life. I have more. Uh, let's be honest. I've got more yesterdays than I got tomorrows. You got a lot of tomorrows, so it's almost like okay, let's flip. Let's flip it. I can use five million down the line, but but I kind of get your answer there, man. Hey, best of luck, Noah. I really appreciate it. it. Was great to watch you excel this year and looking for big things from you uh, going forward. Okay. 
Thank you. Thank you very much. It was great talking to you. Well, a new study shows that the majority of people find it off-putting when co-workers use workplace jargon. You know what I'm talking about. Which phrases are you sick of hearing, though? Sorry for the delay. No worries. Let sleeping dogs lie. This meeting is a win-win as long as we can take it to the next level. Way to think out of the box. Going forward, let's hit the ground running. That's a no-brainer, and we can touch base later. Way to bite the bullet and really raise the bar. Thanks. I'm just trying to give 110%. I knew you were a team player. There's no I in team. Let's circle back at the end of the day. Hey, did we get anything done just now? I have no idea. The third quarter of Growing the Game with Ballsy, sponsored by Paul Waldo at Royal LePage here in Regina. Get in the real estate game with the three-time Grey Cup champion by giving him a call at 306-502-5355. Waldo would love to talk real estate and football with you. A very likable guy. One of the nicest men you'll ever meet. If you want to get in the real estate game, get into it with Paul Waldo. Another great title sponsor here on Growing the Game with Ballsies, Regina Sports Performance Center with Aubrey Stedman and his great crew over there at 1464 Broadway Avenue right near Wascana Park here in the Queen City. What a great facility and here to pump its tires and his own a bit is up and coming playmaker for the U of R Rams. It's a receiver and returner and the son of Aubrey, it's Emmett Stedman. How's the family business going, my friend? Oh, it's good so far. We got the Thunder and the Rams training in. Uh, lots more teams on the turf, so hoping to see Regina excelling this year in sports. Yeah, so talk about what you guys offer over there. Be the company spokesperson. What do you guys got over there? <laughs> well, we have a 24 by 50 yard turf space that a lot of athletes use to train multiple different sports. We have football markings, soccer markings, lacrosse markings. We have uh, weight space with Plenty of weights, uh, lots of room, and also a basketball court as well. Is football your first love, buddy? Was that always your first love? No, actually, I was a soccer player beforehand and was offered to go up to the U of S to play soccer down there, but football took my heart in my senior year of high school. Yeah, okay, so uh, who turned you on to the game of football, or how did you get turned on to our game of football, not the uh, not the English game of football, so to speak? Um Lots of great coaches along the way. I was coached by Steve Bryce, who was a former University of Regina head coach for a year there. He coached me in RMF, and then Mark McConkie, I got the chance to work with through um, Team Task. So lots You're of passion for the game. A guy who is uh, training and, and trying to take that next step uh, next step at the U sports level. How cool is it to, to have that in your own backyard there where you can train on your own to say, hey, uh, Dad, I'm going in after hours to, to work out on the field, bring some friends. Yeah, no, it's amazing. We've had lots of our receivers and DBs will go out there and do one-on-ones at least once a week, and it's just an amazing opportunity for us to get better. And I see the selects have been out there, so it's just a great facility over there on Broadway. Make sure you check it out. In terms of your season, just evaluate how your first year of game action went for the U of R Rams. For me personally, I thought it went pretty well. They put me in that punt returner, so that was a lot of fun, but I'm still quite small considering it was my first year so i got lots to work on in terms of size speed you know just getting up to uh the standard of what they got going on the elite level that everybody else plays at how big are you i'm only about six feet and 
I was 170 pounds last season. This season, I'm hoping to come in around 185 or 190. Okay. So how's your diet change? What are you doing? I know weights are a big component of that, but you got to put you got to put gas in the vehicle to make it go down the highway, so to speak. So uh, what's the diet look like? Are you working with the trainer that way, or how, how's that going? Yeah, exactly. Um, diet is a huge thing. Um, I didn't really pay attention or pay enough attention to it in the past, but this year. We have a lot of focus at the rounds on nutrition training, eating right, sleeping right, making sure your body gets the rest it needs after pushing the heavy weights and doing all the sprints and all that. Now, you talked about uh, being a punt returner. Did you do that in high school much? I don't remember. I know my son competed against you. Uh, he was at Riffle. You're at Miller, of course. But I don't remember you doing a lot of punt returns. Did you do that in high school? No, I didn't get to do a lot of returning. I had a very speedy, talented Kieran Passant beside <laughs> me who went... So he did a lot of our returning, whereas I was on the kicking end. So um, it wasn't something I was used to, but I fit in pretty well in my first year here. What was the what was the biggest thing for you to learn doing that? Just being able to uh, find the space. Our special teams went for a lot of punt blocks this year. So getting the ball, it was kind of a one-on-five, one-on-six most of the time. So just creating separation, being able to get you know as much as I could from from the return. It's a little unnerving. In the American game, they don't give you any space. Here, you, you're supposed to get five yards. It's a little unnerving um, and, and certainly not as easy as catching those end-over-end kickoffs, right? Yeah, I mean, with the punts, they just go up so high. It's hard to, to track it well, but with the five-yard cushion, it just makes it so much easier. There's a lot less pressure compared to the American game, so I got a lot of time to think before mm-hmm. they get a chance to knock my lights out. So, <laughs> so you had yeah. uh, you had six catches this year. You were in on almost every offensive snap. How do you how do you feel that went? Where do you got to go to take that next step? Besides the whole working out and getting bigger, in terms of just actually skill running routes, what do you got to do better? Yeah, a lot of it at this level is understanding the game. You know how to get open, where the spaces and zones are going to be on the field. In terms of route running, route running, I've done a lot of work just cleaning it up, being more efficient in and out of your breaks because the, the speed of the DBs here is just incredible. You know, one wasted steps and they're still on you like white on rice. So it's, it's lots of calculated steps there. Yeah. Is there any receiver, uh, you know, either in university on your team, an opponent, or even in the pros that you look up to that you say, hey, I'd like to model my game after that guy? Oh, there's tons. I could go on and on, but I really like to model my game after some of these newer receivers like Cooper Cup, Hunter Renfro, um, just being quick, efficient out your cuts, and being deceptive overall. Anybody on your team that's helped you out along the way or that you kind of look up to? Oh, yeah, there's lots of these senior guys like Bennett Stusick, Deshaun Mims, Riley Borsma, always giving me little tips, pointers here and there. Even Josh Donnelly as a quarterback has been giving me lots of information as to what he looks for, what works better, what he likes. Emmett, that was a frustrating year, wasn't it? You guys uh, you guys scorched four games, should have been in the playoffs. What was the feeling like at the end of the year? Again, yeah, like you said, frustrating. Um, we, we battled to the end of most games and we just couldn't finish them. So as a team, I think there's lots that we need to improve on. It should never have got that close in the first place. You know, even though we were close, we'd like to be a good enough team that it doesn't have to be close. We don't have to worry about, you know, blowing it in the fourth quarter or whatever. Is that a lack of leadership for the team amongst the players? And maybe is it a case of immaturity? How do you blow games like that? I know it's football and they get, you know, they work hard too during the week. So they've got something to do with the two, whoever your opponent is. But where do you think that kind of came from? Yeah, it's tough to say. I think as a team, we're still pretty young. You know, the experience in terms of the later game, uh, maybe we gassed them, maybe we weren't conditioned, uh, maybe coaching errors. There could be lots of different ways you can point the finger or point the blame. But 
I think it's just overall as a program we're we're still young and uh, on the rise. How happy were you to see Mark McConkey get that interim tag removed from his title? Oh, I loved it. I love Mark as a coach. I think he's extremely passionate about the game, and although he could be seen as inexperienced because he is younger compared to most head coaches in our league, um, his his passion and again his drive to just keep getting better, keep doing the small things is hopefully going to lead us to more success in this next season. You've always been a guy that's been into into the swag. What's your favorite Rams jersey combination? What do you like wearing? Oh, man, we played U of S and we got to wear our all-white jersey, white pants, uh, white jerseys, white socks, white gloves. It just looked beautiful with the snow. That was it. You loved it. Hey, that's awesome, man. All right. And has Mark, yeah. has Mark told you, the offensive coaches told you what they expect from Emmett Stedman this year? They expect a lot more from me. It's really, um, I played field wideout, so for most football players, if you know anything about football, that means you're usually towards the lower end of receivers on the field, so they really expect me to excel in that position and become not a weak link anymore in, in that sense. Okay, so do you have your own personal goals? Like if you had to set, give me uh, two goals for this season personally, not a hearty cup and all that stuff because everybody says that. Give me two Emmett Stedman goals this year. you got to have a couple. Um. Yeah, the main thing for me was just gaining the weight in the off season, so that when I'm taking these hits, I don't have to be on my ass or on my back every time. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, a bi- another big part is just getting open more often. You know, I only had six catches, and whether or not that was my fault, I think I need to do better in giving the quarterback the opportunity to throw me the ball. Awesome answers, man. I appreciate it. I'll have to pop over there, maybe lift some weights for you. Maybe we can run routes together, although I'll probably throw it a hip. Thanks for this, Emmett. Of course, no problem, Bozzy. And now, things that sound dirty during the Winter Olympics, but aren't. Huge package. Into the ladies' twizzle section. Backside tail grab, nice extension to rise to the occasion. And with that, you will see a lot of high-speed bumping. One of the longest of any of the members. She really knows how to ride that. Extends that frontside grab. And he pulls it to finalize it. This has been things that sound dirty during the Winter Olympics, but aren't. And just before we head to our final quarter here on Growing the Game with Ballsy, I wanted to recognize another title sponsor. It's Saskatchewan Football Royalty, a two-time CFL All-Star and the only Saskatchewan kid to play in a Super Bowl. John Ryan has stepped up once again to support this podcast. He always gives back to Regina and this province at large. And in April, he'll come to the Queen City with his good-looking and funny wife, Sarah Colonna, as they will be the featured entertainment at the Regina Red Sox Sports Dinner. Like Ryan, my last guest played his college ball at the U of R and then was a first-round pick of the Argos in 2020. After a long COVID layoff, offensive lineman Theron Churchill finally made his CFL debut in 2021 with the boat. All right, Darren Churchill, sum up your first year in your words in the CFL. Uh, first year was pretty good. Um, you know, it's always tough going in for your rookie year um, into the CFL, but it was fun to get back, to, to finally get back. I mean, uh, halfway through 2021 and after a year off 20, in 2020, it was nice to get back on the field. Yeah, no kidding. It was a long time between your draft day and getting on the field. That must have been kind of weird. It's almost like uh, almost like being a thoroughbred and you're waiting for the, them to swing the gate open, right? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it was frustrating for sure after getting getting drafted and having the combine canceled and and just waiting a season and then unfortunately it didn't 
didn't go, so you have to play uh, a, a waiting game in an extended offseason, basically. How was it to play in a place where maybe things aren't uh, looked at through a microscope like they would be in Saskatchewan in Toronto? What was it like to play in that organization in that city, kind of being a, a, a small fish, the Argos, in a big pond? Uh, it was it was good. I mean, we we have a lot of fans still. That I mean, you're you're not on the level in, in a big city like Toronto where you're on a, that level with the Leafs and and the Raptors. But uh, it, it was a fun city to play play with and, and explore for sure. Yeah. Okay. So what was it like uh, going to the big city of Toronto in terms of living and finding your way there? Plus finding your way in a new playbook with a new team, all that type of stuff. Yeah. The the the, the pro level for sure with play with the playbooks and all that. It's a lot more uh complicated at times it's it's not simplified like a lot of times at the university and even junior ball is so that in itself is a is a challenge but also getting out of your comfort zone and in a new city altogether not just with the team but a, a massive city that i'm not used to with with uh currently being from a small town and and living in a place like regina before mm-hmm. uh it was a lot different for me did you uh, live close to the stadium? Did you Uber a lot? Did you use public transportation? How did that work for you? <laughs> oh, I was thrown right into the, the fire, basically, right in downtown Toronto, taking public transportation every day. Yeah. <laughs> what, what's your biggest pet peeve with with regards to public transportation? <laughs> uh, the, the reliability of it, you know, sometimes <laughs> it uh, didn't work out very well, and uh, sometimes you have to walk a little bit more and 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 rush to, to rush to get to practice yeah. sometimes or yeah. a little bit of running. Yeah, were you were you ever late for practice? Did you use the whole? Hey, the bus was late, coach. The train was late. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, that didn't happen. You got you got to leave in in time for to account for those things happening. But uh, it happened once or twice. Did you have a welcome? <laughs> did you have a welcome to the CFL moment? What was your welcome to the CFL moment where you like pinched yourself or, or you know snapped your head around like wow I'm playing pro ball now? That that was definitely the the first game of the. I dressed probably uh, a few games into the year, a couple of games, and you know, you it was a home game, and just finally being able to walk out of that tunnel and uh, on a pro level, and you're kind of telling yourself like, "Wow, I'm I'm here," you know, and running out to the fireworks. It was an awesome moment. Yeah, that's that's unbelievable. Is it something you always wanted to do? Play professional football? Um, I think it kind of gradually came as I was using up my eligibility throughout the years, like through. Uh, a few years in junior and then my last three uh, with the Rams there kind of gradually happened and, and some uh, encouragement along the way with some coaches and seeing a re- uh, them helping me realize this uh, opportunity uh, could very well happen. And it kind of came along the, with the years. And Was there a fellow player that took you under his wing to help you along uh, in that first year? Um, I think there's a few, there's a few a few vets, you know, like uh, there's Bladick. He came over from the the Riders and Jamal Campbell and Phil Blake, another uh, rider there. A lot of the vets like kind of help out the the rookies, and it, it was a really good uh, atmosphere, especially with the teammates. Hey, Theron, besides the playbook, which you already referenced, what was the what was the biggest difference? Is it the speed? Do you feel like you got to work on your uh, size or technique? What what do you have to do? Uh, and what was the biggest adjustment? What do you have to do to get better too? The biggest thing is like maintain getting stronger and, and bigger, but the, the biggest thing was speed and uh, like how how important technique is. And you know sometimes in in junior especially in a little bit of university you can get a, 
away with like your just your size and your and your strength but once you get to a pro level the technique is is pretty well way more important what's your uh, goal this off season in terms of getting ready for year number two just gotta main, maintain the strength and i'm going to be motivating myself to uh to push for for a role uh, or a better role and in, in the upcoming season talking to uh coach dinwiddie before i left uh, that that was uh expected of him uh coming into next year is pushing for a for a spot yeah and and obviously you guys are hungry because you almost almost played in a great cup yeah we were we were so close and that's going to be obviously a very big motivator throughout the offseason being so close and and especially losing to your rival right down the road at Hamilton and 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 having a chance to be able to go and play in the great cup in Hamilton this previous year would have been even better but uh, I think that'll be a huge motivator this offseason well, and how about cup. yeah and how about get to the great cup in Regina where you played your university ball <laughs> that would be even better um you got to got a chance to to go back to Regina uh this past fall as, as an Argo and, yeah. and that that was that was awesome to be a part of yeah what was that like I forgot the good thing you brought that up what was that like to to run out of the opposing tunnel and uh, have the fans kind of go against you I know you probably had some supporters in the crowd but for the most part they didn't like you that day <laughs> oh it, it's fun you know you, either side of it being the home team or the away team in that atmosphere it's got to be awesome and uh, playing a bit of a, a villain coming in trying to ruin their day and pull out with a win and yeah it, it's awesome to come back here to go back to Regina and, and play there Theron thanks for this man congratulations on a great first year and can't wait to see what you can do in year two thanks Ballsy this has been growing the game with Ballsy Ballsy can be heard weekdays in Regina on 104.9 the Wolf Morning Show and during Saskatchewan Rough Riders and U of R Rams broadcasts on 620 CKRM